0: Hallelujah. I want you to turn over with me. The title of my message this morning is Give It Back. Give it back. I I wrote a blog uh, that I'm going to put out. It's a good blog. And uh, it's called The New Normal. And you'll get it soon. You'll make sure you get ready to look at it online. One of the things that I've noticed about people is they don't understand that normal can be gone and there'll be a new normal. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I, I found this to be true when I lost my dad and my mother recently. And I can't ever have my mom back. And somebody said, could, could you be normal again? And I really kind of picked this up from a message or a word I heard from another minister. I think I mentioned to you last week. But, but, but he said, no, we can never be normal, but we can have a new normal. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, sometimes we're so guilty of trying to go back and recapture the past. How I many understand what I'm talking about? Have you ever been guilty of that you had a feeling? You, you, maybe you had a girlfriend that you broke up with or a boyfriend that you broke up with. And you, you, you come into the next one and you try to make it like the last one because you're trying to recapture what used to be. How I many know you can't go back? What was is no more, amen? We've got to find out what is the new normal? How do I function in the new normal? What do I do now? When things change, when, when adjustments come, when rearrangements come, many people are guilty of trying to come back to where we were. You know, I grew up in the Pentecostal denomination. They were always going back to the old-timey. They'd sing songs like, give me that old-time religion. might know what I'm talking about? Give me that old-time religion. If it was good enough for them, it's good enough for me. Give me that old time. I mean, the Bible's not going to change whether we treat it, whether we sing you are good or we sing bringing in the sheaves. Anybody understand? I mean, I don't want to go. I mean, God has brought up the culture we live in, the world, the society we live in. It's no longer the same. Whether we like it or not, the lights in church are a norm. They're not the abnorm. The, the, the music that we're now singing, it's not abnormal. Turn on your Christian radio station and find out. The music that we're singing stands out because it's part of what is the normal culture of church today. And As long as we don't lose our emphasis on God, as long as we don't transform our belief system, as long as we don't lose sound doctrine, there's nothing wrong with method change. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There's, I mean, I, I mean, just so many things have to change. I can't run the church by myself anymore. I had to hire somebody to help me run it by doing the logistical part of it. I can't do the maintenance anymore. When I started the church, I did the maintenance. I can't do that anymore. I don't have time. I had to hire a maintenance man. I can't build buildings anymore. I built the first buildings and did all the construction. I had to hire a contractor because I can't. I ain't got time anymore. Does that make it different? Yes, it does. It's a new normal. The new normal is I can't do that anymore. I got to do something else. And we've got to move into a new normal. We can't go back and try and capture the past. Maybe the past feelings in the relationship. Maybe you're in the house today. The kids have grown up and all of them have left the house and you're standing there today and all you got is the two of you. The kids have moved out and you're by yourself. You've got kind of an empty nest situation. Well, guess what? It's not normal. You're used to the children crawling in bed with you when they were seven and five and all those kinds. You're used to all the things the way it used to be. Then one day they couldn't crawl in bed. Well, you didn't want your 15-year-old in bed with you. It was a new normal. We moved on to something different. We, we positioned ourselves in a different way. I've come to realize that there is a new normal. That there's a place that's new, but, it's, but we've got to adjust to it and make it normal. We've got to realize that changes in our life, changes in our church, changes in our family bring us to a point to adjustment where we're no longer where we used to be. And there's nothing wrong with where we used to be, but it isn't where we are. Amen. And if we're not careful, we'll try to find our way back to where we used to be. We like comfort zones. We like the familiar. We like security. We like to hang on to things the way we try to reinvent the history. We try to reanimate the dead thing. Anybody know, try to reanimate a dead relationship? You ever seen anybody just go after the same person year after year after year after year after year after year after year? You ever seen it? Have you ever seen that? They're trying to reanimate something that's dead. When in fact, if they would just move on into the new normal into a new place move on into the new things of God apply yourself today in a way you say well I wanted to do this when I was this age this was the dream that I had in my heart and that dreams no longer possible I'm 45 years old less fat but I got news for you listen to me I'm telling you the truth now Just listen to what I got to say white man can't jump it's the truth whether we like it or not i'm just kidding but you know that the nba has passed me by but that doesn't mean my life cannot function anymore it does not mean there's not a plan for my life it does not mean that i cannot be a success i can be just as successful without the nba i can be just as happy without the nba i don't need the nba at 45. i need to figure out what is it that i do need what is it that i need to do and move into the new normal That's this church. We've got to move forward. That's right. That's right. We're not going back. We are never going back. Never. Not ever. We're never going to start again. We'll never be at day one. We'll never have Pastor Steve doing the music. <laughs> and you should be happy about it. Joel chapter 2. Turn over to Joel chapter 2. Let's get some word. So I will restore to you the years. The years. You see, what you lose as you go along in in life, when you've invested in a relationship and it fails, or you invested in a job and you're fired, Or you put your time into a church and it didn't work out. It isn't really the job you lose. I've never heard anybody really upset about the job, it's the years they invested. Do you understand what I'm talking about? I mean, because it's time that matters the most. I can get a new job, I can get a new boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm uh, buying a new car my puppy's 13 years old little, little uh, uh, I got a brand new one he's so cute and so precious and we did that because we know that our current dog Howie is on his last leg literally I don't mean that I mean it's kind of funny but it's not I mean he's limping around he's got, he's got you know, a little <laughs> limp so he's kind of on his last leg and these Shelties only last about 13 years Every statistic, even without the problem with his leg, he'd only last about 13, 14 years. And so, in this case, with the leg, I'm sure it's going to diminish or reduce the amount of time we're going to have with him. And, I mean, we give him pills now to keep him propped up, you know, so he's not in pain and this kind of thing. But, I mean, I'm not going to let him be in pain. At the end of this, if I've got to, I'm going to put him down. You understand what I'm saying? But when I lose Howie, it won't be the dog I lose. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? I'm going to lose the years of investment. The hours and the days of training the times when I felt bad you can say whatever you want to but a dog knows when you're hurting you know I mean you talk about sticking closer than a brother I believe it's Howie has anybody got a dog like that or a cat like that? y'all just have a bad day and that little animal would just climb up in your lap or come up to your feet and lick your toes and just know that you're struggling anybody got one of those that's what I got with Howie now I'm gonna miss that in Howie but I'll miss the years I'll miss the experiences and the times. And what we find in our life is that the reality of it is, the reality of life is, we only have a limited number of those. We have a limited number of years. They're very limited. And so we struggle with the idea of Time. What am I going to lose if I do this? What will I lose if I don't do this? And we begin to make decisions about time. It's really about the time. I'm running short. I see, I see women get married because they're getting too old. You ever had anybody tell you that? You ever had a, a lady come and say, well, my years ago, I mean, I'm my childbearing years, and the, to- the clock is ticking. So they run out, find them some guy, and get married because the years are fading. Maybe years have gone by, and you got a divorce, and years have gone by, and I don't think I should be single the rest of my life. I need somebody, companionship. So the years are ticking. It's years. You understand? We got a limited number of them, and we make decisions, and we move forward in our lives because of these years and the time. And see, God has shown us something in the word that lets us know that we are to trust in him. I love that scripture in Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him. And he will, he will, somebody look at something, he will direct your path I want to show you what 2013 can represent to us I thoroughly believe with all of my heart I thoroughly stand on this and I tell you if you'll believe with me we'll see it number one Florence shall flourish look at somebody and say Florence Florence shall shall flourish. flourish I believe if you'll hook up with me on that when it begins to flourish you'll be at the head of the flourishing you'll be the one that flourishes when we flourish. That it won't pass by over you or miss you as we flourish. When the jobs come and the management position you've been looking for arrives, you'll be prepared because you've been believing for Florence to flourish. When the new business opportunity comes, you've been standing in faith for Florence to flourish. That's right, there you go. And you'll be able to flourish with me. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting there. Now, Now we're moving. It matters. matters that you believe with me. It matters that you say it with me. It matters that your mouth is in gear and that you go. Because when Joseph jumped in and God used him, his family was blessed by what? Joseph was blessed by. If you stand with somebody that's blessed, you will be blessed. Glory God. So he will restore the years. The years that the swarming locust ate. The years that the crawling locusts ate. The years that the consuming locusts ate. And the chewing locusts. And my great army which I send among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never, say this, never, be put to shame. Then they shall know. Who's going to know? The people around. Then they shall know that I am in the midst of thee. How are they going to know that God is in the midst of you? How are they going to know that God is in the midst of us? How are they going to know? How shall we not be? How shall it be that we will not be shamed, but instead glorified or elevated or honored by God? How will they know? Listen, let me go on. It says, to you, this is to you because it was originally written to Israel, but it's written to you. Uh, Today, it's to you. I am the Lord your God. There is none other. My people shall never be put to shame. How are they gonna know? Because we can go back and say, I will restore. I will restore what the years the years of your I will restore the stuff the years I like this because it didn't start with stuff because you can get stuff back, but he will restore the years. You feel like you've been robbed. The devil came and stole something from you and he took something away. You invested in people and they betrayed you and let you down and all those. It's the years of investment. It's all that time and all the things that have happened. They're gonna know God is with you because God is gonna restore (laughs) the years of your life. You got to hear what I'm talking about. You got to hear what I'm saying. God is going to restore what the devil took. God's going to bring back what you lost in your life. God is going to perform ministry that was lost to you. God is, it doesn't, hey, listen, it doesn't take years to have your greatest ministry. It just takes God to have. It doesn't take years to do the will of God. It just takes God to do the will of God. It doesn't take hours. It just takes God to. T- oh man. Whew. God is the one who restores the years. Do you really think what you went through? Do you really think where you're missing out is going to hold you up from the plan of God in your life? Do you think that lost marriage is too big for God to restore you? to? where There may be a new normal. It won't look like it used to. It won't. I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like in a minute. I'm going to tell you what it's going to look like in a minute. If you'll get with me, you'll understand what I'm talking about. Do you think, God said, he'll restore what the worms have eaten. God restores the years. I like Ephesians 5.15 says this, he will redeem the time. God redeems the time. You're not too old. You're not past your prime. You're not beyond where God wants to take you and what he wants to do with you. I'm going to give you the instructions on how to step into what God wants for your life. I'm going to tell you how to do it. God will restore you. Now, when we think of the concept of restoration, because that's how God works. God is a God of restoration. Maybe we made a left turn when we should have made a right, or we did a this, or we did a that when we should have done the other. Has anybody ever done that? I did the this and the that. I did the other too. (laughs) I've done the this, the that, and the other. I've done it recently, the this, the that, and the other. My trust isn't in my ability. It's not what I can do. Two two major conceptual thought processes in restoration. Restoration in and of itself is just a word, but there are two thoughts that you need to understand about restoration. The first thought is God returns. He returns. The stuff that's been stolen from us, the stuff that's been taken, God will bring it back into our life. We said the way that they will know that you have God in your midst is because he will restore the years, the things that you lost out on, the things that were taken from you, the house you should have been living in, the car you should have been driving. Don't look at me funny. The the business you should have owned. The bank account that should have had that in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You you know where you should be today. You know where God wants you to be today. And you may be sitting in this room thinking, how am I ever going to get there? By the Lord, God said he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Somebody say all. Oh, I'm preaching good now. Because, see, I believe 2013 is going to be the year of release. God's going to release the stuff that's been held up. God is going to release the finances. God is going to release your job. God is going to release your marital problem. God is going to release your children. God is going to release. Oh, I wish you'd hook up with me. Oh, yeah. Stay with me, Brother Greg. Preach with me, Brother God is going to release the ministry. God is going to release so he returns it. Stuff. You better be expecting. We talked about expectation last week that God is going to bring back the, st- the devil thought he had you on the run and you were about to quit and roll over and play dead. He thought you were about to give up and whine and complain and get disorderly and forget this I'm going on. But he didn't know God was going to restore and bring back the years and bring you back. You're coming back. I'm coming back. <laughs> oh, somebody shout out, give it back. Give it back. Give it back, give it back, give it back. 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 If you're in your 20s to 30s, I want you to stand up and shout out, give it back. That was lame. If you're in your 30s and 40s, I want you to stand up, shout out, give it back. That's it, that's it. If you're beyond your 40s, I want you to stand up and I want you to shout out, give it back. It It doesn't matter how old you are, it doesn't matter how young you are, whatever the devil stole, he got to give it back. I want you to think about every time. you to think about every time in your life when there should have been that new something or that i want you to think about it <sighs> <sighs> but see that concept is not enough sit down sit down god doesn't just want to give it back so he wants return that's that's true But in the concept of restoration, there's another word, another concept, and that is restitution. (laughs) Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) The concept of restitution is this. Get this. Now, not only are you going to get it back. That's what God said. You're going to get it back. He's going to return. Don't you let the devil hold you in bondage to the years you lost. Realize that God can bring you into years that he has for you that are beyond the years that you lost. Oh, my goodness. I'm telling the Holy Ghost all over me. I don't even know how to preach. I'm going to try. I'm really going to try. We might need a shout. We might need a praise break. You just hang in there. The concept of of restitution is found in a couple different places. Let me give you a couple ideas about restitution. One, we look at Zacchaeus. Anybody remember the story of Zacchaeus? The Bible tells me that Zacchaeus came to God, and when he came to Jesus, got up in that tree. He was a wee little man. Y'all know the story? When he went and ate with Jesus, do you remember the story? The Bible says that he told Jesus, I have defrauded people. That's the enemy that came to steal, kill, and destroy. I am going to return to them all that I owe them and fourfold. See, restitution means if I've defrauded you and I've taken what belongs to you and it's stealing and thievery, then I don't only owe you what I took. No, 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 Let's look at another one, Job, 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 Job. We find the story of Job and the devil came in. Wasn't God, the devil came in and took a lot of his life. Isn't that true? But the Bible says in Job chapter 42 verse 10 that God gave him back double for his trouble. He didn't only get back what was taken, but he got back more. Than was taken. See, I'm not just expecting the devil to give it back. I want him to empty his storehouse. <laughs> I'm expecting him to empty the shelves for me. I'm expecting him to wipe out my debts and owe me some money. Anybody know what I'm talking about? God will restore the years. Not just give it back, but He's going to give it back and more. You see, 2013 doesn't just hold what you were supposed to have. No, 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 no. You don't get it. It's not. I'm not just talking about God's going to give you what you were supposed to have, what you were supposed to be walking in, what you were supposed to be driving. You say, ah. God. Now sit down, sit down. I ain't even got there yet. Proverbs chapter six, verse 30. He says, if a thief is caught, if a thief is caught, he owes you seven times in restitution even if it cost him his life. I don't care what it costs the devil. I don't care what he got to do. I don't care how much he got to give up. He gonna give me mine and he will give me mine plus more. Does anybody know what I'm, t- somebody shout in here. Somebody shout in here. Give him a shout. We don't take a break. We don't take a praise break. Somebody praise him. Somebody get what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mine. Give it back. 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 Give, it back. Give somebody shout out. Give it back. <laughs> sit down, sit down. I'm sorry, but I'm really enjoying this. I hope y'all are too. Give it back. Just shout that out again, give it back. When the thief is found and recognized, he has to give you back seven times. See, you got to know, This is what I've been trying to tell you for weeks. That the devil comes to steal. The folks that have done you wrong. That betrayal that happened in your life. The thief comes to kill, steal, and to destroy. But Jesus came. I like the word life there. I believe it corresponds with he'll restore the years life that life of my ministry the life of my dreams the life of my family the life of my wallet the life of my house the life of my children the life of my job the the life of my husband god will restore and so we know that to be the case but how how do i get Restoration? How? I mean, how does it get to the point where stuff that didn't make any sense? You see, there's stuff right now that don't make no sense to you. Amen. It don't make no sense. It don't make no sense. It's, it's got no sense to it. But I tell you, when God does what he's going to do in your life this year, you're going to thank them for firing you. Hey. Because if they hadn't have fired you, you wouldn't have found that new job. You, you're gonna thank them for letting you go. Because if they hadn't have let you go, you, you wouldn't have had that new friendship, that new relationship. that n- You're gonna thank that situation. You're gonna thank you. You understand what I'm talking about, don't you? You're going to thank them. You're going to say, thank you. Thank you. You didn't know what you did for me. You didn't know what you released in my life. You're going to say, thank God I left that job. Thank God I moved into this new. Thank God think right now you don't get it you don't see it because it don't make no sense but when God gets done and when God brings back the years and God restores you're going to get it then it's going to make sense then then you're going to be shouting look what the Lord has done look what the Lord has done he healed my body he touched my mind just You didn't lose nothing. You ain't lost nothing. You didn't lose a thing. <laughs> you ain't lost nothing. You didn't lose nothing. You ain't lost a thing. You didn't lose nothing. You ain't lost nothing. You didn't lose a thing. You ain't lost nothing, brother. You didn't lose a thing. You ain't lost nothing. You ain't lost a thing. You ain't missing nothing. There ain't nothing missing. It ain't gone. You didn't lose nothing. You didn't, you didn't lose nothing. <laughs> <You look> Sell. Somebody shout! Somebody shout! So, uh, I don't know what's happened over the last four or five weeks. Oh, man, this place is lit. Man, it's been some of the best preaching I've ever done in my life. Something done been let loose. All right, okay. All right, all right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're gonna leave here skipping, man. You're gonna live here shouting. See, it's not enough for me to, garret, to tell you God's gonna restore you. I gotta tell you how. I mean, it's not enough to get you shouting and then leave you hanging. You gotta know how. How am I gonna get it? Turn over to Mark chapter 3. We're gonna start at the first verse. Amen. 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 Let me hear you say it now. That's right, so be it. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. And he entered again into the synagogue. Mark chapter 3, starting at verse 1. And he entered again into the synagogue. There was a man there with a withered hand. They watched him whether or not he would be healed on the Sabbath day, that they might accuse him. And he said to the man that had the withered hand, stand forth. Here's another version, step forward. And he said unto him, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath day or to do evil? to save life or to kill, but they held their peace. And when he had looked round about them with anger and being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he said unto the man, stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it out. Highlight it if you got it, underline it, it. Stretched it out, and his hand was restored Amen. as the other. The word restored there means to create a new structure, create a new structure, to remake that which was. A new normal. <laughs> a new, no, to create that which was as as it is. To restore means a new structure. Now, I want you to see this. He had to step forward. Restoration is not accomplished by reaching back. It is our forward motion that demonstrates and illustrates faith because faith is that which is of the unseen. I already saw that, <laughs> I've already been there. I already done that for me to get the plan of God in my life and function in restoration to have an old thing or an old feeling. See, people try to go back to the old thing. God brings the old to the new. God doesn't take us backwards to get us forward. He takes us forward to bring our backwards. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It is a forward motion and momentum that brings the plan of God into our lives. You can't go back and get the future. You have to get to the future to get what you're looking for. Listen to this. I love this. When there's something in your past you desire to be restored in your present, God requires you to step forward into your future. Hey, let me say it again. Let me say it again. When there is something in your past you desire to be restored in your present, you, God requires you to step into the future to get it. Don't look back. Faith is about the future. It never reaches back. Step forward. Listen, Isaiah forty-three eighteen says this. Remember not the former thing. Neither consider the things of old. That's always the accusation, isn't it? Things have changed. It's not the same. He's not what he used to be. No, because I've moved on. I'm not going backwards. I'm not trying to recapture the things that were. I'm trying to move into what he is and what he's going to be. I'll let God bring the feelings of the past into the future. But we're walking on. We're moving on. We're stepping on. We're not stopping for nobody. I'm not going back. I'm not returning to the old. I'm not like a dog who goes back and eats his vomit. I keep on going. I keep on pressing. Paul said, press on. Press on to the mark. Sometimes you just got to keep on marching. Philippians 3.13 says, brethren, I count not myself as to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, I press on, I reach forth into those things which are before. Be careful that the steps you make aren't in reverse. Keep moving. We get stuck in grief because all we can see is loss. Right. We get stuck there because we see the loss. We, we stay in these places. We see what was taken. We see the time that was wasted. God's saying, you haven't lost anything, nothing. Right. I want to give you another way to make it through. Here's another part of the lesson. Number, number one, we step forward. I'm reminded of Ziklag. This is still part one of lesson one. David, you heard this story before I preached it, But I want to use a different part of the story. David had come to Ziklag, and the army went off to a certain direction. Y'all remember the story. They went off, he took the people and went. While they were gone, the encampment of the Philistines came from the other direction and wiped out their village. Can you imagine what that was like? I, I always go back to this story because I can't imagine lost years, lost time, lost stuff and as I look at this I see David comes back to the camp now we always have an image of God that he's some mamby-tamby lovey-lovey, puffy-puffy kind, you know uh, just whatever will be will be God and he just lets stuff happen and lets it go and it's just alright, whatever people do to you now I know that I don't wrestle against flesh and blood so I'm not talking about attacking people but I know who the thief is I already know who stole my stuff and I know who's going to give it back with interest. Y'all understand what I'm talking about? Give it back. And so he knew who it was too. And he went before God in this story and he asked God, He said, God, should I pursue? And God said, Pursue overtake and recover all. If you got to chase them into the woods, if you got to chase them into the fields, I don't care what you got to do. You go get your stuff back. Look at somebody and say, give it back. You're not supposed to just lay down, roll over and let it happen to you. You're supposed to take it by force. You're supposed to stand up and say, devil, you've stolen from me. You owe me. Give it back. We step forward and we pursue and we go after what belongs to us. We don't settle for anything else. We don't let it just happen to us. We step into God's plan. Part two. One, we said, is that we need to move forward. Very important. Two, you know that Jesus never told him what hand to stretch. I'm just saying. He said, stretch it. That man knew which hand was, was wounded. Which one was missing fingers? Which one was withered? He had a choice to fake it, hide the withered hand. See, we do that in church. I don't mean this in a negative way, but we like to show people what we want them to see. We don't like to show them what we really got. We don't really want to stick the withered hand out. We don't really, really want them to see the weakness in our life. We don't want to see the wound. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? We're good, we're good. We can come in church and we can preach messages and everybody leave shouting and walk out the door crying and wounded because we don't want to stick out the withered hand. We don't, we don't know. But see, God asked him to stick out, stretch forth. And he stretched out his weakness. Yeah. You see, when we'll stretch out to God, the lack in our life, and we'll stretch out to God the thing that is weak in our life, and we'll stretch out the thing in our life where we have need. That Jesus, that Jesus, and the Bible said his hand was restored. You can't restore what you won't stretch. You cannot restore. We'll never go into 13 and have the blessings that God wants you to have. You will never be the man of God that God wants you to have unless you're willing to give him the weakness. Unless you're willing to give him the lack. Unless you're willing to hand him the problem. God wants to bring restoration to your life. He wants to add to you and bring back the thing that was stolen. He wants to bring more to you than you've ever had. But you're going to have to offer to him the limited resource you have. You know, we're reminded of the little boy with the the five loaves and the fishes. Isn't it interesting in that story that when Jesus came to the people who were hungry, the Bible says there were 5,000 of them not counting the women and the children. Do you realize that God took the thing that wasn't counted to bring the blessing to that which was? They didn't even count the little boy. He wasn't even part of the equation. And yet God took what wasn't even counted. What nobody was looking for. And brought the blessing through the little boy. And God didn't take the chefs. And God didn't take the big dinners. And he didn't bring in the fish haulers. He went to a little boy. And they found the small portion. And offered it to God when they thanked God for it, he multiplied that which was little. It is not until you'll stick your withered hand into heaven's glory that God will bring the restoration. You've got to offer him what little you have. stepped out he stepped forward and he offered his withered hand one last thing when he stepped out and he offered his hand he also separated himself from the crowd i have come to realize that if i'm ever going to do anything from god sometimes i got to go where others aren't going to go There's always somebody back here trying to pull you back to where they're at. There's always somebody that wants to take you back to the valley and wants to take you back to what used to be. There's always somebody holding on to your pants and saying, come with me, I'll take you where. No, I don't know about nobody else, but I'm on a wall. I cannot come down off my wall. God has a plan to restore me and bring me to greener pastures and bigger places and higher vision and deeper depths. And I may not be there today, but I'm going to stick out my... And I'm going to separate myself from the crowd. I'm not just going to go along with those who are about this and about that. I'm going to go on with God. I'm going to press on with the Lord. Sometimes you're going to have to separate yourself from the crowd.